We've all been raised on television to believe that one day we'd all be millionaires and movie gods and rock stars. But we won't. We're slowly learning that fact. And we're very, very pissed off. Welcome back to another afternoon recording of the podcast. Um, I don't know why. I guess it's it helps inform my mood and where I'm coming from. Uh, yeah, uh, just drinking water right now, so I'm not going to get totally crazy. Uh, so uh, before we get to Max FunCon, by the way, uh, the music this time is from Dan Deacon. Dan Deacon, a featured performer of uh, this year's Max FunCon. And we'll get a bit more into what all that means and is uh, later on. But first, uh, let's talk about um, me and my latest adventures in Chicago. So, uh, obviously, if you're friends with me on Facebook, you've uh, seen all of this already, um, but there are two stories that I did not put on Facebook. Um, one was the story of when we landed in Chicago. Oh, hey, wait, let's listen to a little bit of Dan Deacon for a second. So I was traveling with some coworkers, and uh, this was the big meeting that we were going to have to talk about, you know, the artistic direction of all the uh, stuff that we make. And uh, we were all getting together because we've got, you know, an office out there and an office out here. And then everybody thought it'd be great if we were all in one place so we could talk about it. Uh, the answer is no, it is not. It doesn't matter. Who gives a shit? So, um... <laughs> So uh, we get to the hotel after we've been flying almost five hours. It's amazing. I don't understand how, why it takes so long to get to Chicago, right? Because you can go to New York in like six hours. And, and New York seems like way farther away to me than Chicago. But all right, whatever. I, I'm not going to, uh, you know, I'm not flying that plane. That's why I was always, it was funny when everybody was saying goodbye to me and they were like, Okay, have a safe flight. Like, what, am, am I flying the plane? Am I? Do I have control over that? So anyway, we get back at. So we're at the hotel, and the there are. I was flying with three other people. The um, let's call her the responsible one. Um, she went to college in Chicago, so she went off and was hanging out with old college friends, and it was now just the three of us in the hotel. And, uh, you know, at some point, you really don't do people favors by doing favors for people. Because if all you ever do is do favors for people, they never really understand how to fend for themselves. And so the responsible one had booked everybody's air travel, not mine, had booked everybody's uh, hotel, not mine, uh, and I didn't want her to, right? Because, you know, they had, their, they had an agenda and stuff, and um, I wanted to do it myself just because... I'm an adult, and I do things, you know, like that. 
So we get to the hotel. Um, the other two people I'm with, neither has printed out anything in terms of like hotel confirmation. Um, it's all under the responsible one's name. So it's kind of weird in the system and how it's figured out. Um, you know, one of them that I'm with, her phone is dead and she's standing in the corner, you know, plugging it in, hoping for some sort of signal to charge it up. And the, the other one is uh, got uh, her laptop out and she's sifting through emails. And I'm like, didn't you print out your thing? And I think she might have said she doesn't own a printer or she can't print or something like that. And I was just like, okay, that's weird. Uh, you never have to print anything. I mean, I didn't say that, but I was like, oh, all right. So then they finally figure it out. And they say, okay, now I want a credit card so we can, you know charge this to the credit card and she's like okay and she gives it to him thinking oh this you know in case I use the mini bar and he's like he hands it back and he's like oh we're you know this is it didn't go through and she says oh are you trying to charge like my entire stay on this card and he's like yeah and she's like oh well no, she's got like five credit cards and then she's like oh none of these will work and I'm like what? And then she's like, yeah, there's not enough room on any of these. Now, it's not like we were in some amazing five-star hotel. We were, it was a, it's a nice hotel, but the rooms are $200 a night. So uh, $200 times four nights, somewhere around $1,000, right? I don't think that's an unreasonable amount of money to have free on your credit card. And this is not her first business trip either. She did this all last year when they had this big mind uh, share think. And I said, well, what did you do last time? She's like, well, this other person was here and they just put it on there because they have a corporate credit card and they just put it on theirs. And I was just like, again, this should not be a surprise to anyone that this is going to happen again. And I... You know, look, I understand that not everybody travels as much as I do, but you don't have to go to Australia. I mean, the, the, the experience of going to Australia is the same as going to Burbank, except, you know, one takes 45 minutes and another takes 14 hours and you have to go through customs. But still, like, the experience is still the same. And I just don't understand how you can feel happy or just together with your life that... You're so disorganized. And, and maybe I'm totally confused because I have Miriam. Miriam's the huge, like, planner. She's very organized. And, and I have adopted some of that. But then I said in the hotel, maybe one of the meanest things I've ever said in my life. And there's no excuse for it. I mean, I can't blame it on the travel because it was just a hundred percent dick thing to say but she's got all these credit cards none of them work and I just looked at her and I said are you an adult oh it's so bad it's so bad I can't believe I said it so I have since apologized to her but you know and and I don't want to keep harping on this there were even other times during the trip where it was like, how do you function? 
You know, she's very nice. She's dead, you know, very dedicated to her job. She's she's you know good at her job, but I just don't understand how you make it through life just being so ill prepared for it all the time. So, the other thing that happened was during the corporate outing where everybody in this department was going to go on a scavenger hunt. So we're on the scavenger... Well, before we go on the scavenger hunt, we're sort of waiting around, um, you know, making chit-chat with each other, and there's a guy there who has this big beard, and he is uh, in one of the other offices, uh, not San Francisco, not Chicago, and we had all been sort of making mention all week of his enormous beard. And it's not even huge. But it's just, you know, it's kind of the, one of those big mountain men type beards. And this older woman with a short haircut was talking to him. And she was talking a lot about Duck Dynasty. And she said several times that she liked the guys on Duck Dynasty. And I had noticed during our week stay that there were... Uh, that the Chicago office, ironically, has a higher, I would say, look, I didn't I didn't really run the numbers because I didn't ask anybody, but it seems like they have a higher gay population than the San Francisco office. Now, of course, you would think naturally it'd be the other way around. But uh, so I'm sitting here and I'm like, well, she's an older lady. She's got the short haircut. I've met a lot of uh, gay men and women on my trip here. She must be gay, but she must not know about the whole Duck Dynasty controversy. So, now you know that I've already said the other thing was the meanest thing I've ever said. So you know what I'm about to say is not the dumbest thing I've ever said. But, um, so she's going on about how much she loves Duck Dynasty. And I say to her, oh, well, doesn't the homophobia bother you? Thinking that her response would be like, what are you talking about? Um, but she says, well, I think they are just good conservative Christians like myself. And I was just like, oh, you're not a lesbian. You're just an old lady with a short haircut. Okay. But she looked very butch, right? Like it wasn't just the short haircut. It's not like I run around going short haircut, short haircut, gay, gay, gay. You know, so then um, she says, and she says, oh, I'm a conservative Christian. And she says, and I think that everybody should have the same rights as everybody else. And I said, well, I don't think they think that because the guys at Duck Dynasty have been very vocal about their hatred of gay marriage. And then she says... A totally crazy thing, which was, well, there are same rights and then there are special rights. And um, we could argue about what those are all day long, but it's really just semantics. No, no, it's not. It's not, it's not semantics at all. Some people are allowed to get married, some people aren't. That's that, right? 
Um, those are not equal rights and equal protections under anything by anybody. So I just like nodded and just walked away. And I was like, and I will forever despise her. I, I just, I don't, unless she saves a life, I just, I just, I, she will forever be dead to me. But anyway, so that was uh, the big trip. Um, oh, I did sing some karaoke while I was there. Um, I did my version of Fever, which I had mentioned before. Uh, didn't go so well. Um, the one thing I did do that got everybody talking was I did a metal version of Karma Chameleon. And the metal version, you know, it's the same backing track. But um, it, instead of me singing like Boy George, it's, um, you know. Every day is like survival. You're my lover, but you are my rival. It's sort of weird over the soft music, but yes, that's essentially what it was. And then I would change the lyrics occasionally like I did just then to make them more metal. But uh, yeah, it was it was fun, and and it was weird too because, well, the whole trip was kind of weird because people would say hi to me, as if they knew me, and yet I had no concept of who they were. I didn't know their name or anything, and so uh, that happened a lot on the trip. Uh, but then when I got in to work the next day, there were a lot of people who were like. Oh, I heard about your performance, uh, uh, and I was just like, um, really? I, okay. I, and oh, it was super weird, too, because I got in before almost everybody on that floor. There are three floors, and on that floor I was working on, I was there, and there were maybe like five people there, and one of them was sitting two cubes away from me, and she was like, oh, I heard about your show last night, and I was like, what? Are people texting from the bar? I mean, because there's who was there that's now here? I don't understand any of it. Anyway, so, oh, getting back to the old lesbian. Um, I, I feel in retrospect, I, I feel a lot like she wanted to stir some shit up. Either stir some shit up or hoping that she would find... Um, a, a cohort in her conservative beliefs. I mean, I certainly was looking for somebody who loved to play video games, which I did find! Yay! I finally found some people at work who love playing video games as much as I do. But, um, yeah, it's kind of a weird way to go about it because, you know, video games, maybe they're sort of like frowned upon a little bit, be like, oh, that's, you know, for kids. But no one's gonna get mad at me for having an opinion about video games. But they sure as shit are gonna be mad at her for her beliefs. And it's just like, it just seems uh, ill-advised, you know, to... to it, it, if you're really trying to find somebody who has like beliefs, uh, to go that route. And I don't know, maybe she doesn't think it's there, it's all that controversial. But uh, if she, I mean, if she doesn't know how controversial it is, then 
uh, I would be extremely surprised because it's not like there was a shortage of news coverage about all the heat that the Duck Dynasty guys uh, got into when they were making those comments. Okay, so, um, oh, okay, so, <laughs> uh, I'm just looking at the list here. Uh, before we get into Max FunCon, there's a bunch of stuff that's been dribbling around in my brain. Um, so, I, I, I can't remember if I, if I had told people this, but I have my weed card. So everybody knows in California, it's very, very easy to get a medical marijuana weed card. You don't have to get a general practitioner prescription, you need to get a weed doctor prescription. And I suppose you could get one from a real GP, but I don't I don't I don't know any GP who would be doing that. So my um, issue that I am <laughs> claiming to have uh, in order to get the prescription is I have shoulder pain. And uh, another guy I know has um, uh, trouble sleeping. The trouble sleeping, that's a real tough one to uh, prove or disprove. Um, so you just go, okay, trouble sleeping, here's your prescription, you gotta get weed. Okay, so my friend was telling me about earwax. And what it is, is it's, um, it's just like, um, it's like a goo, like a gooey sort of substance that you pack into like one of those vaporizer pens, those vape pens that the kids are calling them. And you know, you, you use it like you would like those e-cigarettes that those douchebags all have. So I've got, um, I've, I've had my weed card prescription for a while and, um, the e-cigarette earwax stuff, it's okay. I, I don't, it usually wind, winds up making me a little sleepy. They've got some edibles that I take and, and, um, and also, you know, when I really want to just go out, um, I do the edibles. But it really wasn't the kind of experience that I wanted. So I, I went back this last time and I was like, you know what? I'm going to really figure this out. I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to like, because they have tons of stuff there. So I'm just going to ask them, like, what do you got? What's going on? You know, what are the effects? Like all this stuff to really find the thing that I wanted. So the crap ass thing about all of this is, this is all in San Jose, right? They don't have, you can go to San Francisco or San Jose to the dispensaries. They don't have anything in between. They've got one Jack, no, no not one. They got a couple of dudes who run delivery services, which is bullshit. I'm not having these guys come to my house and I'll give them, you know, my credit card or PayPal. Fuck that. And I even called, I tried again to see if there were any places in San Mateo. And uh, oddly enough, there are, there are medical doctors in like Redwood City and stuff, but no dispensaries. So I don't know what that's about. There's something about, you know, some sort of city council thing where they're not allowing it because it's, it's definitely a county-wide thing. Like, as soon as you get to San Jose, you know, as soon as you get out of the county, you're fine. You can get it anywhere. But, um, so it must be some sort of issue anyway. So I'm, I go to San Jose. It's kind of a pain in the ass, you know. It's like 
40 minutes away. I go to the place and I see this woman who has been there every single time I've been there. And she's always had great information. She's always very nice. And she's on her phone a lot. And I was like, oh, shoot, that's too bad. I'd like her to help me, but okay, whatever. There's this gray-haired dude floating around. I'm fine with him. Um, And, um, you know, uh, I see the gray-haired dude say to this other guy who who is just kind of, like, uh, straightening up. Like, they have this, like, kind of waiting room area, and he's just sort of straightening up. And he's like, hey, is what's-her-name still on the phone? Can you get her back here? And um, because the gray-haired guy was helping somebody, and he's like, yeah, okay. And then he goes, and he gets her, and he comes back. And I start talking to her. I start asking her questions about stuff, and she seems really distracted. And I'm like, oh, all right, no, that's fine. You know, and she's texting. She's like, yeah, okay, I just got to text my boss real quick. And she's texting away. I'm like, okay, all right, you know, look, I'm here. I'm, I'm not in a rush. You know, I made the trip down here. It's fine. It's a Saturday afternoon or whatever. It's fine. I'll just take my time. And then she gets increasingly more agitated the longer this goes. And then... I'm asking questions about stuff and you can tell she's getting more and more frustrated with me the more questions I ask and I can see her lip starting to quiver like she's about to break down and I'm like, uh, do you need to take a moment or something? You know, I can wait and and she says, no, 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 no. It's just that um, my cat got hit buy a car and I want to go to the vet and see how he's doing and I need to get I need to find out from my boss if it's okay to leave and I'm like okay and then I ask her like one more question about something and she's like can we just get this over with and I'm like okay and I look around and there's nobody in there right like there's even the guy who is tidying up has disappeared like there's nobody around to say like hey uh, maybe that guy could help me you you are clearly in no space to do this maybe he could help me maybe that'd be a good idea because you are i mean and look i totally feel for her like when our cat our first cat together miriam and i died i had to go to MacWorld and ask people questions and i was like i was in no mood for it but I kept my shit together. And, you know, if you are this distraught, I don't think anybody would mind you, especially if you're crying hysterically, if you went up to them and said, look, I really just can't. Could you just help me out? Do me a solid here, chum. Just, and who knows, maybe, you know, maybe she really needs this job or maybe she's just young and she doesn't, have the confidence to do that uh, or the or, or just doesn't have the relationship with anybody but it was really like it was just so shitty for all of us because here I was like I'm gonna figure this out I'm gonna nail this and it was the farthest thing from a good experience as I could and then she's writing up my receipt and tears are just streaming down her face and she was you know apologized and I was like yeah okay well it happens you know but it was like my god man like like I just if you're ever I guess the takeaway is if you're ever in that position 
find a way to get out of it. There's got to be a way. There's got to be a way to get out of it because you're not doing anybody any favors by plowing through it when you can't plow through it. Just don't. Just bail. Pull the ripcord. Get out. Oh, so just so you know, um, it's been several hours since I started recording this podcast because that thing in my throat that I thought was better is still just as bad as ever. So I had to take a break for a while. So I guess it means going back to the doctor and getting this sorted out again. Um, Okay. Oh, wait, let me check the phone. Let's see what's going on. So one of the other things that's sort of the moral of that story is um, Kevin Smith on his podcast has been talking a lot about reframing your experience, right? Like try and I guess it's like look on the bright side of life, right? But really just sort of take the experience and say like, what what can I learn from this? What, you know, what can I take away from this that isn't just a crushing defeat? So uh, one of my favorite lines um, that Kevin Smith had about that was when he uh, he took so originally when uh, he made Clerks he went to the IFFM and he didn't even know about Sundance uh, the IFFM is the International Film Marketplace whatever uh, there's another F in there I can't remember what it is and at the end of it you know he got basically no one saw it except the cast and crew and like one other dude um, of course, that one other dude happened to be hugely influential, but I'm not going to go into that. But when he saw that no one was there, he was initially defeated and crushed. And he was just like, this is a failure. And then he reframed the experience. And, you know, he talks a lot about that in his podcast. You can go listen to it over there. But my favorite thing that he said about that was... You've learned that you should do this again because you liked who you were while you were doing it. It's such a beautiful way of of saying that. Um, But anyway, I think that's from episode 300 of Smodcast. So go listen to that. He talks about just his whole history with Scott Mosier and how the podcast has evolved. It's really, really good. But the my reframing experience of all of this is I have this podcast and, you know, when all of these shitty things happen, I get they are all material for the podcast. And that's an, uh, an, a wonderful framing experience, you know, because at the very least, even if I hadn't like, you know, learned anything from it, my gut reaction is always like this is going to make a great story. And, you know, you don't have to have a podcast to have a great story. If you've got friends, you've got a great story to tell somebody. Hell, even you could just tell it on Facebook or whatever. But anyway, that's one of the great perks about doing the podcast is it all becomes fodder for the podcast. There's almost nothing that isn't, you know, that's too sensitive or too bad, you know. Um, I suppose death, I probably wouldn't get into that. But, yeah, actually, I have a little bit in the past. But anyway, so... Always reframe your experience.
So speaking of Max FunCon, um, on the Maximum Fun Network, there is a uh, podcast called Stop Podcasting Yourself, where they have a segment called Overheards. And so um, uh, my wife and Miriam and I, that's right, all three of us, mm, uh, went to go see Ben Folds uh, with the San Francisco Symphony, which uh, you, I talked about last time. Uh, and uh, there was an overheard that I failed to mention, uh, which was, and well, and which was, so the overheard was uh, this couple behind me was talking, and I can only assume that they were having two separate conversations because she said, no, no, I'm sorry, he, he says, I've never seen a Pixar movie. Like, he's proud of it. I've never seen a Pixar movie. And she says, what about West Side Story? I can only assume what happened before that was her saying, we should see a play. You like plays. You know, I've never seen a Pixar movie. What about West Side Story? We could go see that. So anyway, speaking of stop podcasting yourself. So um, they were at Max FunCon. So the last couple of years, they have always been the last podcast of the weekend. So I'm sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's back up. Max FunCon, and I talk about this in my second Jesse Thorne interview. So um, I can't imagine you're new to the podcast, but if you are, there's, I do, I, I, we almost never have guests on the podcast, but one time I'm such a huge Jesse Thorne fan. I had him on once. I completely fucked up the interview as I was a total asshole. And then um, when they re, when they rebranded um, the Sound of Young America into Bullseye, he was nice enough to come back on the show again. I did it again. Um, and I asked him about Max FunCon. And so you should go listen to that episode. It's called Thorny 2. I know, I'm so clever. Wickedly clever. Uh, so he, um, he puts on this event in Lake Arrowhead. Uh, Lake Arrowhead is like two hours east of Los Angeles. And I think it was kind of started as like... I don't know what. I mean, it's it was it was started as like a bunch of people getting together and saying like, we want to buy a town, <laughs> we want to start our own town, and they did. So they started their own town. They 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 manufactured a lake. Uh, it's because it's up in the hills. It's up in the mountains. And over time, I think rich people discovered it and said. Oh, this is great. It's two hours away from L.A. I can, you know, those times when I absolutely have to go to the city, I can drive in. But anyway, uh, UCLA has a uh, sort of a convention center resort area that you can rent out, just like any old convention center. Except it's up in the hills and it's beautiful. And, um... You know, there's tennis courts and swimming and all kinds of stuff. And it's um, a weekend of podcast nerdery. So he, uh, Jesse Thorne, gets uh, a bunch of people who do podcasts on his network to come down. And they do live shows. They do comedy shows. They do classes. So I took 
the clowning class with a guy who has been a professional clown for like 15 years. And you can see his picture in the Excited and Bored uh, album I have on Facebook and Instagram. No, not Instagram. And uh, Flickr. And oh, and the other class that I took was from Emily V. Gordon, who is the wife of Kumail Nanjiani. And uh, Emily is the booker of uh, the Meltdown show in Los Angeles. And they just started the TV show of the, of, uh, Meltdown, of the Meltdown show on Comedy Central. I think it's on, I don't know what day it's on. Maybe Tuesdays? Yeah, sure, why not? No, Google that shit. Anyway. Uh, the Meltdown show. Um, uh, so she's uh, also the co-host with her husband, Kumail, of the Indoor Kids, and she is a delight. Um, the best thing I can say, if you really want to get into the head of Emily Gordon, find the times when she is guest hosting a thing, and uh, you can... And, and she talks a lot about herself. And that's what I find so charming about her. And that's what I find so charming about most podcasts is when people open up and they talk about themselves and their lives. And um, you can really go down the rabbit hole quite a bit with uh, Emily. Like, for instance, the V stands for Vance. Who knew? Well, now we all do. So uh, it's, it is a great time. Um, it's a little weird just because... The group is rather clicky, uh, just because the be- there have been many people who have done this uh, Max Fun Con over several years, and so they a lot of them know each other, and so trying to bust into that group, and I, I actually I, I shouldn't call them clicky. Clicky is is a, a bit of an insult. Uh, they are just they just know each other, and you know if given the chance of like hey new person or hey that guy that I saw last year hey 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 then you're gonna do that so uh it but it was it was a great time I, I found that once we did the classes everybody sort of loosened up and we all got to know each other a little bit and the classes have like 20 people in them so they're not too big but they're just enough so you can be like when lunch rolls around you can be like hey person I saw in the class great um but oh and then at and one of the nights they do a big uh, uh, comedy show and it's uh, I have to imagine um, people are hooking up. I don't know most of the people I think though are, are either uh, disgusting or married. <laughs> but anyway, oh so oh right so I, I, I was gonna tell you um, they have not posted yet the uh, the episode of stop podcasting yourself from Max FunCon. Uh, usually they do, so it's kind of weird that they haven't done it yet, but maybe it's coming anyway. Um, I uh, have, I did an overheard uh, at theirs, and it's really long, um, but I, when, when I get the clip, I'll post it. Um, it would have been nice to have it in this episode, but I don't, so there you go. Other than that, I don't know if there's much to say about Max FunCon other than it is like a weird summer camp. Um, oh, anyways, oh, I, sh- I forgot to say, Dan- I, maybe I said this, gosh, I, it's, it's taken me so many hours to record this episode, I'm losing 
what's what. Uh, so Dan Deacon was uh, one of the speakers, and this is the his music that we've been listening to the entire time. Um, he did this whole talk about um, does an audience and what what is the audience's participation level in a live show? How much do they influence it? Um, what do they bring to it? Is there a way that we can make them part of the experience? And it was really interesting because he was really dynamic and he was a great speaker and everything. And then I saw him later and I, I, I mentioned something to him and you would have thought I was talking to the shyest person in the world. So I don't, maybe he's, he is the reverse of most people, which is most people are good one-on-one, but terrible in front of crowds. He seems to be the opposite where he's bad one-on-one and, and better with crowds. So there is that. So I guess that's it for this week. Um, I have a lot of other bits that I want to do, but I, I, I don't know. It's weird. Like, a lot of these bits I've I've had trouble getting into. Like, they seem, I don't know, like a lot of work or something. I, I don't know. But um, I should um, I, I should wrap this up with an, an adoption update. Um, uh, it looks like it's going to happen. Um, uh, Miriam... Uh, was on a call and uh, the birth mother did not show up uh, and uh, it looks like September now so I've been trying to reframe the situation and make it positive but uh, it is tough you know like somebody on Facebook just today was like Here's your sleep schedule with a kid or without a kid. And obviously it was written by somebody without a kid. And, and fucking the laziest person known to man because they, like, don't even get out of bed until 11 in this situation. It's just dumb. But either way, it's going to happen. So let's make the best of it. So from me, from the music of Bright Brown... From Max FunCon in Chicago and all dumb things. Let's do this one more time.